Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everything Ema podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe Tillery, and it is a beautiful day where we just witnessed one of the greatest college basketball feats of all time. The 13th-ranked Kansas State Wildcats just upset the second-ranked Kansas Jayhawks for the first time in seven games. Since my freshman year of college with Cartier Jada, Barry Brown, Dean Wade, that team, that was the last team that beat KU in basketball. After last season, where Nigel Pack scored 30 points in the first half and K-State blew a 16-point lead to Kansas at home. After countless experiences of disrespect from all of Kansas, everybody in Lawrence, everyone who says, well, it's not a rivalry. Well, I mean, they're, you know, they're just a little brother school. I don't know why, why we'd focus on them. We care about Mizzou more than K-State. Every single person that said something similar is now set to live in infamy. The Kansas State Wildcats have pulled off the achievement of a lifetime in Jerome Tang's first year as head coach. In his first year as active head coach, he had two players return on scholarship. Two players. Marquise Noel who is an All-Big 12 type player, averaging 25 a game, had his worst game of the entire year, statistically. Marquise Noel finishes with four points in this basketball game in a game that goes to overtime. The second scholarship player for this Kansas State group, Ish Masood, who came up in big minutes occasionally hitting threes here and there, Ish Masood and Marquise Noel, they combined for 10 points. 10 points between your two scholarship guys. Jerome Tang starts fresh. Starts brand new. Hey, it's a new regime. It's a new program. How about everybody but two people transfer away? Does that blow your mind to consider that? How about the fact that Kansas State was picked dead last in the Big 12 in every newspaper publication in the country, even in Manhattan? Everyone thought the Cats would be dead last. Here we sit. Kansas State sits atop the Big 12 in Jerome Tang's first year, upsetting the Kansas Jayhawks 83-82. to Here's a look at that final play. I know you all saw it, but let's run it back here. This audio is courtesy of ESPN. These guys. Here's Noel. They go lob. Johnson. The throw Oh, boy. All right. Now it's Kansas's turn. And Kansas's turn it was. After one of the most athletic plays I have ever seen, one of the most athletic finishes I have ever seen at the rim, in a basketball game, Keontae Johnson soars through the air on a beautiful feed from Marquise Noel after being face guarded the entire time. Jalen Wilson says, you know what, I'm denying you the basketball, you're not getting it here. K-State knows that. Jerome Tang said, you know what, this is going to happen, we know it's going to happen. So we're going to drop a play where Marquise, immediately look for him on the roll. We're going to set two ball screens for Marquise, Marquise can dribble around. Keontae's going to take one step towards, and then when Jalen Wilson over-pursues for the pass, back cut. Back door to the rim, Marquis going to throw a lob, and Keontae go and get it. Go be an athlete. And he does. Keontae goes up there and throws it down on top of Jalen Wilson's head. And at this point, we have seen a total of 44 fouls in this game of basketball. 44 fouls in 40 minutes of play. And on the most physical play of the game, where Keontae throws it down on top of Jalen Wilson, no foul call. Jerome Tang is furious on the sideline. That being said, Bucket is good. Kansas State takes the lead by 1, 83-82. And it is Kansas' turn with 12 seconds left to go. We go back to Manhattan. Sills is on Wilson. Harris. Harris lost the handle. And it's over. K-State knocks. 
picks off number two. 83-82, your final. Heartbreak. Heartbreak for everybody. Heartbreak for every Kansas fan. But Kansas State is electric. The band playing the Wabash. Fans are storming the court. It's exploding everywhere in Manhattan. Sound levels reaching 116 decibels. Only four shy, four decibels shy of Allen Fieldhouse. Four decibels in little old Manhattan and the Little Apple and Manhappiness. 116.4 decibels. That is loud. Fans were getting notifications on their Garmin watches saying, hey, your ears are being exposed to too loud of sounds. Sustaining any minutes, sustaining even sustaining even a couple of minutes in this arena could drastically hurt your hearing loss. Staying even a couple of minutes in this staying in this staying in the situation even for a few minutes can drastically change hearing loss. That's how loud it was in Manhattan, in Bramlage, in the octagon of doom. So here's the uncharacteristic part. And this is what I thought. If you flip the exact roles, every single game you've watched Kansas play in the last, give or take 10 years, has ended the same way. Not with Kansas State winning, but with K-State doing the exact same thing that Kansas did in this game. The other team goes up by one. Traditionally, that's Kansas. KU jumps up by one, or even gets a chance to win it late, which they had a chance to win it late. And Harris, dribbling out their point guard, one of the smartest point guards in the country, dribbles around, has Desi Sills on, who has played... A massive game. Desi Sills is my MVP for this game. Even though Keontae was the best player on the court, Desi Sills came through way more than anybody anticipated. Fans were blown away. And even the College Basketball Insider Hoops game day show, one of the panelists had the audacity to say, don't expect that big of a half from Desi in the second half. And Desi Sills scored more in the second half than he did in the first. Back to Kansas. Harris dribbling around, right to left, around the top of the key, dribbles out, there's 12 seconds to go. The offense starts moving with about five seconds on the clock. Loses the ball. Marquise Noel gets a hand on it, pokes it out. Ish Masood dives on the floor, throws it up, and Keontae Johnson throws it straight up in the air to avoid getting fouled and secure the upset victory for the Cats. Have you ever seen a Bill Self team fumble the bag this hard? Concede. Just end. Just lose. They never do that. This is the most uncharacteristic I've ever seen. And despite that, they have played four of their five Big 12 games this season in a one-possession game. Down the stretch, with two minutes to go, they were 4-0 in games decided by a point. Kansas State, on the other side of history, this season hasn't lost an overtime game. Anytime the Cats have gone to OT, they've pulled out a massive win. That didn't change against Kansas, against second-ranked Kansas. Bill Self, with maybe the most boneheaded thing of the entire game. Jalen Wilson, who's on pace to put up 40. If he connects on a deep three ball, from 35 feet, which he did. He put it in the basket, which would have put Kansas ahead by four down the stretch. With basically two possessions left for Kansas State at this point, Jalen Wilson dribbles out from 50 seconds or so down to about 30. Takes 20 seconds off the clock, and Bill Self calls timeout right before Jalen Wilson pulls up from about 35 feet and splashes a three, which would have put him at 41 points. He had a game-high 38 points for KU, his career high. Self calls a timeout. They run an inbound play. No good. Kansas comes up empty on that possession. A Hall of Fame coach making the biggest mistake in the game. That was a massive change of events for K-State. Now, 
Let's talk about the chant. I know we've all been waiting for it. Kansas State with a massive win. Obviously, this rivalry is one of the biggest in college sports. It's one of the biggest in sports, period. You've seen countless fights. You've seen upsets. You've seen tears. You've seen heartbreak. You've seen blood, sweat, and every ounce of anything you can get out of the Sunflower Showdown. And we added another chapter to that. That being said, it is time to end the FKU chant. I fully believe this. I'm going to play Jerome Tank's postgame comments after beating Kansas and jumping on the table to address the fans to show how we can be motivated differently. I've seen a lot in college sports. I've seen a lot. I can't tell you the last time I've seen a coach jump on the scorer's table and grab the mic to address the crowd. Jerome Tang explained his post-game actions, which I love. I love, by the way. Let me say that right now. I love Jerome Tang getting up there and saying, hey, imagine what we can do if we come and support K-State because of our love for K-State, not our hatred of Kansas. A lot of people on Twitter didn't like that. Jerome Tang talked about it and said, hey, we've let these guys live in our heads rent-free for way too long. If we win, it counts as one win. If we lose, do you know what it counts for? One loss. It is one win and one loss. No matter what, no matter which outcome, you only get one. It's not worth a Big 12 championship. You don't hang a banner for beating your rival. It feels great, but we shouldn't be this disrespectful. I I get that it's cool to be rowdy. I get that it's cool. And you can say the argument of, oh, kids will be kids. That's not a good enough argument anymore. If you want to keep Jerome Tang as head coach, the chant needs to die. Jerome Tang, a man who's devoted to Christ, has very strong religious beliefs and says that the only way he will leave Kansas State is if God tells him that he's needed somewhere else. And, I, you know, I I don't know all the ins and outs of this and what God's intervention would look like in this case, but I know Jerome Tang hates the chant. Just blatantly disrespectful to the team. We're not there to bully these dudes. I mean, yeah, nobody in Manhattan is going to go crazy and love Grady Dick or love Jalen Wilson or anything like that, and they know the history of this rivalry, but we can be good enough to chant KSU instead of FKU. It's time to change. Jerome Tang explained his postgame actions by saying, I was really disappointed in the introduction when our students started chanting the FKU chant. I was like, crap, I haven't gotten it across yet, and there's still work to be done. Then at the end of the game when they were on the floor and started chanting it again, I really want them to understand that we don't have to degrade the other team. We can dislike them, but let's cheer for us. Let America hear Kansas State, not about the other name. That's all that's about. I believe we can have a terrific culture here because of the passion of our fans. And somebody has to say it. We can't just say kids will be kids. Somebody has to say it. And I mean, if we're losing, then maybe my voice doesn't carry as much weight. But thankfully, God has given us this platform where winning is his platform, and I can speak on some of those things because this place is special man happiness this is a really special place and i want the country to know how special it is not just being known for some dumb chant jerome tang after beating the second ranked kansas jayhawks you have to love that if you're a fan how do you not love that this man 
Protect Jerome Tang at all costs. Give him a boatload of money. Gene Taylor needs to sign the check, leave it empty, and send it to Jerome Tang's house and say, hey, man, whatever you need, we've got you. This is what we want. We want you here for the rest of your life. Jerome Tang already has been one of the greatest hires in college basketball history. Don't get me wrong. I love rivalries, and I love tradition as much as the next guy. But let me ask you this question. What would you rather have? This dumb, outdated, age-old chant or Jerome Tang coaching the basketball team? Which of those is more important to the program? Which of those is more important to you as a fan? You can still have awesome chants. The Wabash can still be the Wabash, but we've got to just change FKU to KSU. It is not that hard. I'm begging fans. If you're a part of this, if you're a part of the game, I don't think anybody's going to shun you for it, but it needs to change. It needs to immediately change. You're not going to keep... The Octagon of Doom is one of the best environments in college basketball. And you can see it. 116 decibels. People are getting warnings because their ears are in a dangerous spot with how loud it is in the center. That can happen every game. And this is why another reason. And this is my thought process behind the chant. KU fans, Jerome Tang wasn't wrong about. He wasn't wrong that we've been letting KU run our thoughts, run our minds, run everything for way too long. Love the rivalry, I get that. But you're giving these dudes too much power. Everyone who watches the sport is are, are giving these dudes too much power. I don't think it's time that we can continue to do this. We gotta let them off the hook, man. I mean, it is sickening to look on Twitter. During a K-State KU game, some people love that. It's just arguments, 24-7, no matter what. It's, we hate you, your football team sucks, your basketball team sucks, uh, Grady Dick's better than Keontae Johnson, everybody sucks, I hate everybody. It is so negative watching these games. If K-State can just get to a point where every team in the Big 12 we want to beat, we don't care about a rivalry. We're just focused on that. You know what I mean? If we go 0-12 and, and KU goes 0-12 going, coming into a K-State-KU game, whoever wins that game doesn't win. We're still horrible. Both teams are still equally horrible. And Bill Self knows it. Jerome Tang knows it. We have the two best teams in the Big 12. Kansas State was projected to finish dead last in the entire conference. By everybody. Everybody thought they were going to finish dead last. We had two scholarship players, Keontae Johnson, who hadn't played basketball in two years, and our best player was five foot eight. This team is not set up to be this good, but we are. We are creating history. We are forcing history with every game we play. Jerome Tang, before the season started, expected an eight-win season in Big 12 Conference play. We were expected to win eight games and sneak into the conference as one of the last four teams in. As a 16 seed, as a 13 seed, as a... As a, as a as a seed worse than a 13 seed, we're now projected as a second or third seed in the entire damn country. A second or third seed. Kansas State. And let me remind you. Let me remind you about the past so we can focus on the future. Since 1997, the Kansas State Wildcats have won the Big 12 Conference in basketball once in regular season play and never in the Big 12 tournament. Once. KU has dominated us. Baylor has dominated us. There's teams that have beaten the heck out of us. Texas has beaten us. Texas Tech has beaten us the last couple of years. There are good teams all around. And the year we won the Big 12, we split with Texas Tech. It wasn't even a unanimous win. What is our end goal here? Is our end goal to prove it to fans who talk crap on Twitter? Is that the end goal of each season? Or is it to compete, make this March Madness tournament, win a national championship, win the Big 12? What do we want? K-State has won it once. In 26 years, K-State's won once. 
And this is with a team of guys where only two players were on scholarship. And let me remind you, we have three four-star basketball recruits committed for next year. In Jerome Tang's second year with the program, he's already landed more four-star recruits than Bruce Weber's entire tenure. Does that blow anybody's mind? Because it blows mine. And not only do you have this energy, not only do you have this fierce competitive spirit that Jerome Tang instills in his players, you have leadership. You have guys like Desi Sills who can come off the bench and have the best confidence playing the best dudes in the nation. Kansas is, is most likely, Kansas has been the odds-on favorite to win the national championship, to repeat as national champion. We just beat the national champions last year because of guys like Desi Sills who were confident coming off the bench, because of guys like Naquan Tomlin, because of guys like Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel who never give up. They play for their team and the Wildcat on their chest. Kansas State is a team that motivates itself with competitive spirit, with drive, with loving the university, and it's time that we change. This could be the future. Jerome Tang is the future. Three four-stars coming in. I can't even imagine how many more. Kansas State looks to be about an eighth-ranked team next week, maybe even higher than that. Fifth-ranked team, we can jump massively. I'm going to give myself a little bit of props for last week's prediction on K-State, where I predicted we'd be a 12 seed. We ended up at an 11 seed. Obviously, we go 1-1 one one the week after, and now we're sitting at 13. I could see us being a top-eight team, top-seven team. This Kansas State team, who nobody gave a chance, has a real shot to be a national champion. A national champion. We hang banners for making an NIT appearance. Could you imagine what would happen for Kansas State? In Jerome Tang's first year, how do you not want to play for this guy? I saw a tweet last night. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen. It's a good comment, but it broke my heart to read. It said, why is Keontae Johnson at Kansas State? He could be a starter at Duke. He could start for Kentucky. He could be starting and leading the Kansas Jayhawks. Why is he playing for Kansas State and Jerome Tang? Has it not occurred to you yet that Jerome Tang is the guy that everybody in the nation wants to play for? This guy cares. He's competitive. He instills good morals. He's a father figure for everyone in the university, not even just the players. He'll sit down and talk to any student who needs to it. He's a great guy. Jerome Tang is the future of Kansas State basketball, and we saw it. We saw the future this week. We saw Kansas State get a massive win over the second-ranked Jayhawks, over Bill Self, a college basketball Hall of Fame coach, one of the all-time greats. Jerome Tang outcoached him at home, beat him, and Kansas State sits alone at the top of the Big 12. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's edition of the Everything Ema podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network, and we here at Heartland College Sports would be honored if you take a second to review the show, give us a rating, any type of that, on any platform you can. We appreciate it. I am so grateful for all of you listening, and I cannot wait to talk to you guys a little bit more about Kansas State basketball next week. We've got a big week ahead still. Every game in the Big 12 is going to be big at this point. The Big 12 schedule is never going to get easy. We've got Texas Tech on the schedule ahead, which is already a sold-out game, I'm hearing. That game is on Saturday, and the Cats are more ready than ever. We've got Texas Tech Saturday at home, followed by the 12th-ranked Iowa State Cyclones. It'll be a great one. Thank you so much for listening. It is a great day to be a Wildcat.